the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome to 90210 So, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT. Joining me as always here tonight is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? Great to see you. I'm fantastic. And this feels like the summer that never ends here on Beverly Hills 90210. And on 90210So, continue our coverage of the second season. Sort of a mini season here, this introduction to season two really in the thick of it here with the beach club era and we've got joining us in our third seat a returning guest he was with us early in the first season so i guess it's apropos that we have him pretty early on in the second season as well jt who have we got with us we have with us our our good friend mr logan crosland logan how are you i'm doing great tonight guys how y'all doing Good, good. It's great to have you here. And uh, I will say, Tim, I'm definitely enjoying. I think I'll miss the, the beach club when we move along from it. You know, it maybe feels like I've been here for a while, I but I do like the vibe and the uh, presentation of it. So I have enjoyed the summer summer tilts. We got going. Yeah, on. it's it's not like it's wearing out its welcome or anything. It's just uh, it's been a real treat to have this uh, this little stretch of episodes here. I guess it's about seven episodes in a row uh, mm-hmm. before we're going to say goodbye to the beach club. For a little bit at least it'll be back uh, but we're not there yet we are we're still really um kind of at the midpoint here this this episode aired i understand august 8th of 1991 so that's you got to figure that that about is where the show is the episode itself is taking place as well kind of seems like we've uh we've talked about before we're sort of charting these um and they more or less would probably be taking place at at real time at least that's the intent that i that i'm getting yeah i would agree with that because we got two more in august and then we take a week week off which i'm guessing was labor day uh and then we're into the fall season starts september 12th so it looks like we're tracking mm-hmm. pretty much to when you know school would be starting so uh all right so all that said we're gonna go ahead and dive right in you mentioned it august 8th 1991 uh, viewers, pretty good. 17.4 million. So we're back up from last episode, continuing the kind of hmm. this wave that we were going on up and down. <laughs> it's like every other episode is hot. Then we go back yeah. down. Dip. So it's just, you know, the ebb and flow of summer, I guess. And uh, Logan, remind us now, you you had not seen the show before watching along with us on the podcast, right? Yeah, correct. I, I've I've gotten a little bit ahead at this point, but I, I've I've followed along with you guys and uh, kept up with the pod, and uh, I, I'm in season three uh, where I'm at right now in my watch, but I'm keeping along with you guys as y'all go as well. You uh, you enjoying it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this like I was saying, the beach club parts, uh, even of the next season, I, I like I like the beach club uh, parts of both seasons that uh, I've watched so far. So this is a real enjoyable time. 
All right, let's dive right in then. Episode titled Play It Again, David, so you can imagine who may be featured in tonight's episode. We open a school where Andrea is panicked about having to quack in front of class due to an exercise, and she's worried it's about her looks that Mr. Suter chose duck for her as her animal of choice. So panicking, she looks like a duck, apparently. Uh, Brenda and Donna kind of lighten the mood. In comes Kelly to pick up Brenda for lunch because her the two of them are meeting Jackie, at the beach club and Kelly's really not feeling the summer school vibes at all here tonight uh, or today as she picks them up, but they are headed over for lunch. So they trek over, they drive to the beach club. We get our usual montage of beach club activities. We see that they gave Andrea a ride there, which is uh, weird because she never really shows up at the beach club, but she says she really needs to talk to Brandon. And Kelly says, look, stop talking. He's an adorable guy. Just take action. And Andrea kind of gives her a look. They go to meet Jackie at the table. She's already eating a grilled chicken salad, uh, which caught me off guard a bit. Like, I feel like grilled chicken salad didn't take off till later in the 90s as a as a meal of choice. But maybe this is like a California trendy thing. Like, was this on your guys' radar? I mean, I know fried chicken's hell for you, Logan. Probably was. <laughs> uh, oh, and you weren't really around at this point anyway. So, Tim, how about for you? Was a grilled chicken salad uh, something um, a staple on menus? Yeah. I feel like for me it wasn't until almost – like I was in like high school or college with grilled chicken salads and like chicken Caesar salads, like really caught on. I feel like in the prepared. Yeah. I, I feel like in the prepared food sections and some of your bougier grocery stores, even in the early nineties, you could, you could find things like that. But I mean, I don't think a lot of people had family recipes, a lot of homemade recipes for it or anything. It was, we're definitely more of a, I'm in, probably the potato salad, egg salad region of the country. <laughs> um, so maybe we do give, uh, we give LA credit for inventing the grilled chicken salad here in the early nineties. Uh, but Jackie does sure seem to be enjoying herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I feel like if I'm going to like, uh, like an Applebee's type place in the early nineties, th- that's not on the menu, even though like today you can probably not, her, you know? Oh yeah, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. It wasn't like a common thing, but she's all in on it. She's excited. Uh, Kelly makes a, diff- a Dylan reference when they say they have a surf burger, and then we get a, a typical Brenda daydream. Uh, she's envisioning making out with Dylan on the shore, which is actually a pretty hot scene. <laughs> like really going at it in the, on the water, um, re- really getting hot and heavy in her mind. So, uh, all right, let's do this one. Well, yeah, let's do one more scene here, and then we'll get your thoughts. So Brandon delivers drinks, and Henry tells him Brenda's over there having lunch, and Andrea. Is also here to see him, and he jokes, <laughs> "Is it Visitors' Day?" Which is another king joke from uh, Henry here. <laughs> Delivery is amazing. Andrea tells Brandon about a troubled youth she knows. He's ten years old. Uh, she met him at the youth center, and Brandon already knows he's getting worked here. So she says it. Uh, he knows that he's going to be looped into something. Andrea says he needs to do Big Brother. It could take months to get an official one because his last one quit. And maybe Brandon could just do like one afternoon a week until they find someone official. She begs him, and Brandon says, I'll think about it. And she goes, okay, you got 20 minutes to think about it before I go to leave. And she says the, name, the kid's name is Felix, and Andrea already told Felix about Brandon and gives Brandon his address of Reseda. So Brandon caves. He said, I'm off tomorrow, so fine. I'll give it a go, 10 a.m. I'll pick him up. Uh, so, Logan, what would you think of these first few scenes here? Kind of setting the stage, uh, Andrea coming in with the ask, and then Brenda and Kelly heading to lunch. Yeah, I, I thought the, you know, I, I feel like Brandon just should just say yes whenever Andre asks him to do something because he's going to fight it and fight it and fight it. But he's always going to say yes. He's never going to say no to her. So just just stop fighting it and just, you know, kind of go along with it. Um, 
the the whole thing with Brenda and Kelly going to meet Jackie. Uh, Jackie was, you know, hyped up and eating her chicken salad and was so excited <laughs> about it and wanted to tell everybody about it. Uh, the little daydream with Dylan and Brenda was uh, a little over the top and uh, <laughs> a little wacky at parts, but uh, hot at the same time. Uh, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, pr- pretty good opening scenes here, but a uh, little wackiness and a little uh, seriousness at the same time. Yeah, I I would agree with uh, the seer the the wackiness sort of tinted with the the seriousness of setting up what is going to be um, one of the the parallel stories in this episode of, of Brandon's mentorship of this kid uh, Felix. What kind of name is Felix for for a child in, in 1991 living in <laughs> Los Angeles? To say nothing of grilled chicken set. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a little bit disappointed we did not get to see Andrea quack like a duck in front of the whole class. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Rather <laughs> foolish. It seems like something you wanna you wanna show rather than than tell after the fact, but uh, that notwithstanding. Um Andrea in and asking Brandon for this favor is sort of like it feels a little bit like when when one of your grandparents needs help with something, right? You're like Oh shit! Here we go. You know it's gonna be a real drag, but you can't really can't really turn it down. So uh, Brandon, being being the good Samaritan that he is, agrees to do this. You could tell she has just wrecked his day off. Like he's he's been busting his ass, working all summer, been looking forward to his one day off a week or whatever he has, <laughs> and now that's just gone to shit thanks to Andrea. And so yeah, we've we've set that up. Um, meanwhile, return of the legend. Jackie Taylor here. I mean, I, I know we saw her briefly earlier mm-hmm. yeah. in, uh, in this second season, but here um, she's going to be, this is kind of another Jackie episode in a way, which um, is really great. Uh, she certainly made a very strong impression on us the first time around. Um, so I'm looking forward to what she gets into here. Um, first raving over grilled chicken salad and, and splurging on lunch tells Brenda order whatever you want. I want to have lunch with with this lady. She seems like she'd be a lot of fun, even sober. So, yeah, I'm into it. All right. We uh, roll along. And and Felix is a name, too. Like, given this child's ethnicity seems a little off. Like, I I was expecting something else, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Jackie breaks a cap on her tooth on a bone of the chicken. So this chicken salad may not the best suggestion or a choice. Uh, and then a guy next to them leans in and says he's the third best oral surgeon in Los Angeles. And Jackie says, well, who are the first two? And he basically says, well, unless you're a celebrity, I'm the best. And they're flirting. He assesses the tooth and he asks for crazy glue. So Brandon runs off to get crazy glue. And then he asks Jackie if she's single. And he says there's no charge to fix the tooth if he agrees to go to dinner with him. And Kelly's aghast at what's going on. She's basically like like doing Mystery Science Theater commentary over the scene to Brenda. She's like, can you believe this shit? And she tells Jackie to say no, but Jackie accepts the offer. And we find out that this is Dr. Mel Silver. He says he's just kidding about the glue after Brandon went hustling around the office trying to find <laughs> He came back. What did he come back with? It was something. It wasn't actual glue, right? Liquid cement. Yeah, yeah. liquid cement. Well, I don't know why they have liquid cement and not glue, but okay. I, yeah, uh, why so, would they have that and not super glue? Yeah. There's no telling. <laughs> uh, so Mel says he's only kidding about uh, the glue. 
and she'll actually have to come into the office to get this tooth fixed. And he then reveals his son is David Silver and uh, asks Kelly if he, if she knows him. And Kelly has like a psycho type flashback with the psycho music playing of all the times David's been creeping on her. And she says she doesn't really know who he is. She knows of him. And Mel says, well, all the pretty girls know David. I wish I had his luck with women. He's such a ladies man. Ever since sixth grade when he started dating a seventh grade cheerleader. <laughs> So Mel is very, uh, very into his son here and his prospects uh, with the ladies. The next day, Kelly's bitching about Mel to Brenda on the phone, but Brenda's trying to talk her down, and she promises she won't tell anyone. Uh, but as she's talking, Jim and Sydney are like right there, and she still doesn't bother really filling them in. Brandon comes in with his rollerblades. He's off to meet Felix, and Jim warns him, do not spread yourself too thin, buddy. you got a lot going on here. Uh, so, Tim, what did you think of the uh, introduction and arrival of Mel Silver? Man, he just swooped in for the kill, didn't he? I mean, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you've got this run-in from uh, this tall, middle-aged man. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> just putting the moves on Jackie, and she's sort of game for it. Like, I mean, the last time we saw her in the season, she was talking about, eh, I'm not thinking, I'm not going to put myself out there this summer. You know, I'm just fresh out of rehab. I don't want to rush into, like, a new relationship. Um, that's the last thing I need right now. I'm going to kind of keep a low profile and I, I suppose she's been sticking to her guns, but, um, she has still been noticed here. You wonder how, how long was, uh, old Mel creeping on, on Jackie from afar, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, he, he definitely, uh, shoots his shot and it works out pretty well for him, much to Kelly chagrin. She, um, especially learning that, uh, this guy is the father of, David, um, which I felt like her, her reaction was a little bit over the top, but she's already like got a bad impression over this whole situation. So yeah, the way Mel is kind of coloring, right. The way Mel is coming on hot, that's, and the past creeping from David, just not painting these two in the best light for her, even though she's had okay moments with David too. There has been a lot of, yes, there has been a lot of ogling of her by him. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just really kind of reinforcing some of her earlier feelings towards David, I think. And she's like, oh, just so ooged out by this whole situation. Um, what are the odds? Right. This, this is this is where we're getting some of that uh, that classic soap drama here in the series uh, of these these two parents getting together. Um, but I'm, I'm for it. I love that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I and I will just jump back slightly to uh, Brenda's little fantasy with Dylan Mm -hmm. um, on the beach going hot and heavy. I mean, they play it pretty tongue in cheek. I I think it's supposed to be funny. Um, I do just think it's very telling that you've had Dylan and Brenda broken up since the first episode of this season. And since that breakup, I mean, it's only been a few episodes, but Mm -hmm. they've already had two makeouts. One imaginary (laughs) here in her mind uh, the other while he was staying with the Walshes and they got a little carried away. So I don't know. I wonder if that a little bit of that is the the writers, the producers kind of wanting to stick it to the network for for insisting that you got to break these two up. You can't be showing Brenda having sex without consequences as a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. We've kind of been over that. But part of me wonders, even if they're just trying to have their cake and eat it, too, like, yeah, OK, we'll break them up. But not right. really. <laughs> Like, well, it's obvious, like, gonna... neither of them want to be broken up either, so it's kind of mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, clearly, clearly, yep. Uh, sorry, Logan. 
Um, yeah, it, it was like uh, Mel had a tractor beam in his head that was like, where's the broken tooth? Where's the broken tooth? And he, fa- and he found her and was like, all right, uh, yeah, let me put the Mac on this lady that broke her tooth or whatever, broke her crown. Um, but yeah, it came off really cheesy and you could tell Kelly was just kind of groaning the whole time, like, oh, my God, this guy's such a cheese mm-hmm. ball. And my mom's totally falling for it. And then, yeah, definitely when David gets brought up, it's like, oh, makes total sense. And, you know, she has bad uh, thoughts of him and for him being such a creep and having the camera in his hand all the time and kind of following around, uh, even though she might not want him to sometimes. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was a pretty good scene. But uh, I definitely got I, I definitely understood Kelly's point of view uh, as it went on. So definitely definitely on kelly's side here (laughs) yeah and it's interesting with mel because he almost comes off and plays off like he's kind of like a nerdy guy that has no luck with women um Mm -hmm. but the more you see it you start to say okay this guy's just maybe a really good player right (laughs) like this is an act of him kind of smooth yeah yeah playing himself down a bit being a little deflective of maybe his status Mm -hmm. um he's He's not cool with the ladies, but it's not coming off that way. Yeah, and a line about David being a ladies' man and having a seventh-grade girlfriend when he was in sixth grade is an early uh, line of the night contender. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brandon heads to Reseda. He shows up to Felix's house, and his mom, Suzanne, opens the door and brings him inside. She's very grateful that Brandon's doing this. Brandon asks about Felix's dad, but she says she doesn't know where he is. After he moved to Phoenix with his new wife, he just sends $10 to Felix every Christmas, and that's why she knows where he lives still. Felix comes in, basically says everything sucks. Uh, He's pretty much a douche like you'd expect. Suzanne warns he's been too difficult for other big brothers, so this could be tough. We cut to the beach. Felix is cruising ahead of Brandon on his rollerblades, plowing through other people. almost knocks a girl over. I think he actually does knock one girl over. Uh, he does. He does, yes. <laughs> uh, Brandon catches up to him. Felix tells him he's got friends. He doesn't need Brandon. It's not some charity case. And Brandon tells him, like, no, you're, you're not. Like, I'm here because I want to be here, and we're going to do this. So Felix says, all right, we'll keep up. So we cut ahead to the beach club. Steve is chatting up Donna and Kelly. He's trolling Kelly about the big date. He asks maybe if Mel will get lucky, and Kelly tells him to go drown in the ocean. Donna says David may be a geek, but that doesn't mean his dad is. And she's kind of says david's not that bad actually i've got to know him a little bit during the play and kelly says he looked at her like she's naked all the time which which is true uh and brags around like they're dating and she needs to take action to prevent this from going any further brandon drags felix to the beach club and asks for a lemonade for the two of them but he's clearly annoyed so he hops up on a payphone and calls andrea but he gets her uh, answering machine and just lays into her about felix felix overhears him and apologizes to brandon for being a pain and Brandon says, look, he's doing this because I thought you wanted it, Felix. And Felix agrees. He turns his attitude around and, and says, hey, you know what? This is a pretty cool place to work. And Felix asks if Brandon will see him again to hang out. And Brandon says, OK. And Felix says, maybe I can watch you work sometime and, and hang out here. Uh, so, Logan, what do you think of all this uh, set of scenes here? Yeah, I, th- I thought the kid kind of came off as a douchebag in the first little scene because he was plowing through everybody doing a rollerblade and rollerblading like a bat out of hell. Um, I, I, th- I immediately got a bad feeling about just the mom, the kid, because she was uh, smoking inside the apartment. I mean, that's that's her business. You know, it's her apartment. So she can do whatever. But that that gave me some bad vibes from the from the beginning. Early 90s, though. That was. Where, uh, yeah, that was right. pretty much. The that's norm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
Um, but yeah, that definitely uh, already had me thinking, hmm, this might not be the best situation. Um, but I, I think the kid kind of does a 180 once he feels like, or once he feels like Brandon's kind of thinking he's a pain in the ass. Uh, I think he kind of changes his tune. Uh, it may be because of the cool place that he brought him to, but um, you know, I think he kind of, I think he kind of understands that if this is going to work out, he needs to not be kind of a douchebag. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about the rest of the uh, uh, episode and kind of how Felix and Brandon's relationship grows from there. I tell you, I am glad that uh, Brandon took the time to uh, call Andrea from the payphone and sort of, I mean, he has to leave her a message, of course. This is on her parents' answering machine, by mm-hmm. the way, so potentially they're all going to hear him bitching out their daughter. Um, but she kind of deserves it because, I mean, she approaches him and says, hey, can you do me this favor? It's going to be, you know, one day a week. You don't even have to go through the formal training to be a a big brother or whatever. But realistically, she has to know that this kid is not a walk in the park. Like he he needs like a a more serious experienced Mm -hmm. mentor, not just some. I mean, yeah, as good natured as Brandon is great. But I mean, she's saying, oh, we can just bypass all these rules. And it's just like, that's not what this kid needs. And it's a really shitty position to put Brandon in also as someone who's really not qualified. I mean, setting aside like this, you know, the revelations that are going to come later, the kid is a handful, obviously. He's shoving people off off the boardwalk, (laughs) which, um, I mean, it definitely popped me. But, you know, that's pretty fucked up. Um, Plus the whole like... I mean, yes, the early 90s, mom is smoking indoors, but I mean, it's also Reseda. And and a show like this, mm-hmm. like to put its characters in a setting like Reseda and around people who are just smoking nonchalantly, it's all kind of coded for, oh, these people are a little bit scummy, right? Yeah, a little trash. Um, mm-hmm. Unfairly, unfairly or not, it's like, yeah, these, this is like a white trash kind of thing. Um, which, yeah, it's kind of a. Um, I don't know, a classist sort of observation, I, I think, on the part of the show, but it is what it is. I mean, we know what we're watching, and we sort of know what to expect from here, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad Brandon was like, hey, thanks a lot, fuck you, um, <laughs> after spending more than five minutes with this, mm-hmm. this damn kid. Um, but yeah, and, and as for Mel, I mean, he's, it's like he's... Um, He's outkicked his coverage here, as they say, but he still has a lot of confidence, not unlike David. Um, I mean, David, not a bad looking kid, but he, he definitely has a lot of confidence for someone who is perceived by uh, the cool kids as like sort of a loser. You know, he's he's right. constantly trying to get in with that crowd and um, sort of we see uh, dad not all that dissimilar here. So mm-hmm. that's kind of funny. Well, Mel arrives at the Taylor home. He tries to make some small talk with Kelly and says he hears her and David hang out at school. And Kelly shoots that down immediately. And Mel says, well, David is a big fan of you. And when David really likes someone, you have a friend for life. Jackie comes down and it's time to go hit the town for their date. Brandon's at work the next day. Felix is helping, giving him some towels and handing out ice water to some ladies coming into the club. Henry asks Brandon what's up with the kid and tells him not to let Felix get in the way. And uh, Brandon says he won't. But then he said, uh, Henry says, well, I just saw Felix helping himself with some French fries off one of the trays. And Brandon promises he will keep a close eye on Felix. 
Brenda tells Cindy, where does that melon Jackie hit it off? And that Kelly is freaking out over it. Brenda has another fever dream in the kitchen that Dylan's in there with them being flirty. And that vanishes when Brandon and Felix come home. Brandon invites Felix for dinner and Felix starts to help Cindy prep some French fries. As Felix is ready to put them in the fry later, Brandon taps Felix on the back to nudge him. And Felix jumps in pain, yells, spills the fries all over the place, starts apologizing. And uh, they're all like, hey, it's okay. Why don't you just call, call your mom and, and make sure it's okay to stay. So Felix goes to the phone and clearly fakes the call. The next day, David, or later that day, next day, somewhere in there, David visits Kelly at the beach to talk about how great the date went between their parents as the next one's already set up for this week. Kelly tries to blow it off, but David is excited to become step-siblings. Kelly now has a fever dream of David and his friends going through all her stuff and taking videos of her um, at our house. Uh, all right, Tim, what do we think about Felix uh, getting patted on the back and jumping a country mile? And did you have a fry later in 1991? It seems early on that, too. <laughs> That's definitely early. That's got to be real early. One of those uh, just and, and back then it would have been I, I guess it's a deep fryer, but it's it's just one of those very cumbersome, um, you know, kitchen devices that takes up a lot of counter space that no like and it's, of course, extremely expensive back then. Mm-hmm. And it's like no real person ever had that. That's definitely like a, a rich West Bev kind of thing. My prediction is it came with the house. Um, yeah, it probably came with the house that's got the corporate release, <laughs> yep. right? Yeah. It's just one of the perks, one of the many perks. But um, that is the tell right there where Brandon lightly pats uh, Felix on the back and mm-hmm. he sends the fries flying everywhere. Um, which, I mean, I, I know you're not supposed to laugh at that scene, but just the way that they did it was yeah, a, a little bit over the top. But, um, you know, I did think that this was... I mean, when we first meet this kid, he's um, he's got like a little bit of road rash, it looks like, on his lip. Mm-hmm. Like he's got kind of a busted lip. And you're thinking, uh, I don't know what – you're not really sure what to make of that. But it, I thought that was a nice little yeah. subtle detail that, that serves as some foreshadowing to what we get here, which, I mean, the, the characters don't know. But I think anyone who's ever watched um, – a show like this definitely knows where we're headed now. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit uncomfortable, but um, we'll see how they handle it. Uh, boy, these fantasy sequences. Now we get Brenda daydreaming <laughs> about spectral Dylan uh, looking longingly at her in the kitchen, complete with some, uh, some great effects where he just sort of sparkles out of existence. This is some like teen witch kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's a great early 90s or late 80s, perhaps, classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, and then in, you go right from that to Kelly on the beach. And thought this would have been a great opportunity to maybe um, work poor Scott back into the show, even in a... He's <laughs> um, away for the summer, you know, isn't he? Imaginary setting. Yeah, but it's like, he's he's like David's best friend. So if right, yeah, he would have been in the He's going to be going yeah. through all our shit. He, yeah, but I mean... Does Kelly want to really be dreaming about Scott Scanlon um, any more than she does David? It's just, I don't know. I guess it's just telling how the show feels about that character at this point. He is clearly just com- totally off the radar. Um, and has it's just fallen off, uh, obviously, our character rankings and fallen off the show itself now <laughs> as well. So, um, 
Yeah, and I also kind of like, you know, we've seen throughout this episode, Steve kind of needling Kelly over some of this stuff. Um, seeing this mischievous side of, of Steve where mm-hmm. he doesn't play a major role, um, but he's, he's that antagonist when you need him to be, as we mm-hmm. commented on. Um, so he's, you know, he's, he's not a major part of this, but I appreciated the scenes that we got with him for what they were. Yeah. Oh, Logan. Yeah, yeah, I think they write Steve really well when he's not like the main focus of an episode. He just comes in with his perfect little snipes that he he can uh, lay on Kelly or David or, you know, just Brandon, whoever he's ragging on at that time. I think they write him really well when he's not necessarily the main focus. Um, I love that the kid's presence just kind of annoys Henry altogether. He's like, yes. you know, another line, another great line <laughs> is I think the kid's helping himself to some fries. Um, so uh, Henry's hitting it out of the park tonight. Um, Henry's but, all about know, profit market. Margins and efficiency. If anything goes against that, he's not having. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and yeah, the whole uh, yeah, like like Tim was saying, the kid obviously has some kind of scratch or scar or something on his lip. So obviously, maybe you think he's accident prone. Maybe you know you saw how he rollerbladed, so maybe he falls on his rollerblades a lot or something like that. You 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 don't want to read into the negative part of maybe where we're headed, but um, you could you could see it like going that way maybe a little bit too. But uh, that's definitely a tell that something's uh, kind of a miss because I think they even play like the spooky, scary music that like uh, is supposed to signify that that's a bad thing that just happened. And it might be important uh, to what goes on in the future. And uh, yeah, another Dylan uh, <laughs> hallucination that goes on with it was just as wacky as the first one. Uh, like like uh, Tim said, spectral Dylan. I, I like that uh, little phrase of true that he put there. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I and the flower, the extravagant flower setup that uh, Mel gave uh, Jackie was pretty nice. So Mel mm, Mel's went went yeah. winning, winning the night so far. <laughs> yeah, he's he's coming in high. He's, mm-hmm. He knows he sees what he likes. Or likes what he sees. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> All right. Mel and Jackie get home from their next date and they start to make out. And Mel wants another date tomorrow night. And Jackie says, no, I got plans. I'm supposed to hang out with Kelly. And Mel says, well, let's take them both out. Let's do a double date. We'll bring the kids somewhere nice. Jackie says, there's something weird Mel is hiding. And Jackie says, she's used to men with major liabilities. And Mel says, give it time. I'm an egomaniacal monster. And by the time you realize, it'll be too late. So I don't know if that was meant to be foreshadowing or what, but here we are. <laughs> Kelly comes down, and she's discouraged to hear that the date went well. She tells Jackie that she was supposed to stay single to help with her recovery and that Mel's not her type. Jackie basically hand waves it and breaks the news to her that they're both going out tomorrow night with the Silver Men, and Kelly is not having it. Go back to the beach club. In comes Felix. He asks for a Coke and says to put it on his tab. His name is Felix Walsh. He's Brandon's brother. Henry showed a nice Irish boy, Felix Walsh. Henry shows up and says, this can't happen every day. And Brandon says he didn't even know Felix was here. Henry says he doesn't want members complaining. And Felix is walking around saying he's Brandon's brother. Felix meets Brandon and says he took the bus to surprise Brandon. But Brandon says he has to work alone. He cannot be hanging around. And Felix is trying like, Every way to like, okay, I'll wait over here. Okay, I'll go wait over there. Okay, I'll just do this while I wait. And he's like, no, he's like, you gotta go home, take the bus back, and tomorrow morning we'll go to Venice skating. Promise. So Brandon sadly dismisses him. You can tell he feels a little bit bad, but also maybe a little relieved uh, to have Felix gone for the day. David brings a video camera around. He asks Kelly and Steve for words about summer posterity, but really doesn't get much out of either of them. Uh, Steve makes a California girls joke. David is excited for dinner, but Kelly shrugs it off and Steve trolls it yet again. 
Steve says the single parents never get the kids together unless it's serious. And she's basically like, look, they didn't even sleep together. And Steve says, these days, sex is out of the loop. It's all about personal personality <laughs> yes. and financially getting along. So sex is done, according to Steve. <laughs> Steve thinks this is a romantic declaration of love. And Kelly's going to be sick. And uh, <sighs> Kelly says she's going to be sick. And basically asked Steve for help to, to mess this up. And Steve says, it's going to take guts. But if you want to do it, I, think, I don't know if you got it in you. You gotta let Mel know that life will be miserable with you in it. It won't be worth living with Kelly as the stepdaughter. So that is the uh, marching orders from Steve Logan. What do you think of these couple scenes before we get to the big restaurant meltdown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, nobody gives better advice than Steve, as as we've learned throughout this show so far. Um, but yeah, just another great great scene by Steve. Just just giving the worst advice he possibly could, and uh, that sex is out of the loop. I thought that was a really funny line as well. <laughs> Um, Felix shitting yes. on the kid again was great. Uh, I love that. Um, but and he's trying to pose as Brandon's younger brother, and I, I do like that Brandon kind of feels uh, he feels uncomfortable, kind of kicking Felix out. But he's like he, he tries to make him understand. Um, but Brandon also, like you said, kind of feels relieved that he kind of get rid of him for the day. Um, but he also promises, like you said, that he'll come uh, hang out with him tomorrow, kind of meet up there and then they'll go skating like they did the other day. Um, and the, uh, the whole date with, uh, the double date with the kids, uh, can only end in disaster. I'm sure everybody saw that one coming. Uh, we'll see how it goes when we talk about it, but uh, I was kind of wondering if the ego maniacal monster kind of would come back to bite him in the, in, in the end, but, uh, I'll say, I guess I'll see as I keep continue watching the show, but, um, but yeah, uh, I'm the, the date, uh, is very interesting as we'll get to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some great contenders for line of the night here in this uh, stretch of scenes between Steve saying that sex is out of the loop now, I guess, for older people. Um, <laughs> Doesn't, matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't um, matter. And uh, Mel with his, his rather self-deprecating comments, uh, which is great. Uh, yeah, th- I, I love how we're just how quickly this this romance is escalating and uh steve's uh bad advice to kelly to just be the worst potential stepdaughter on the planet to scare this guy off run him off yeah just ruin the whole night for everybody it's tremendous uh we've sort of traded one problem for another with felix here where he was you know being such a pain in the ass earlier being such an asshole now that we've we've broken through that rough exterior We've gotten this kid who's pretty darn clingy and stuck up Brandon's ass 24-7. Can't seem to get rid of him. You know, bless his heart. But, uh, I mean, Henry's being awfully tolerant with this kid hanging around constantly. Um, You know, the guests are starting to notice. They're starting to say things. I thought this would be another great opportunity for Henry to bust out a, uh, we'll see, we'll see, (laughs) on Brandon. (laughs) Sadly, we don't get that. Um, So, you know. Brandon manages to, uh, you know, basically duck the kid, but obviously we we're far from done with this whole situation. Um, good old David with his camcorder on the beach. Um, again, just, <laughs> you gotta figure poor Kelly is just like experiencing this going, Oh God, here he is again. It's, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like the nightmare I was having. Yeah. It looks like he, you know, I, I thought I could at least be free of it here on the beach, but here he is, sure enough. So, and they make him look like as annoying as possible too. The way he kind of 
saunters in. He just sort of, I don't know, just the way that they they film him and his body language is like, you could tell it was like deliberately creepy for for this character who normally isn't like that. So good touch there. All right. We head to the restaurant. Kelly's being a wicked bitch uh, about it to Mel and David, despite how nice they're being. Mel says he's seen Kelly be nice on video, uh, which just came across so creepy. Uh, yeah. And then she starts shitting all over David and his camera, calls him perverted, calls him a voyeur. And Mel says, David, you will not spend one more inch of videotape on Kelly's gorgeous face. And Kelly thanks him and basically says, you know, this will help me re- avoid a restraining order. Kelly says she's not hungry. Mel said, why don't we start with drinks? Kelly loses it, says you're asking an alcoholic for about a drink. And Mel's like, no, it didn't say it had to be alcohol. It could be anything. Jackie tells Kelly to shut up. And Kelly leaves, but Jackie stops her. She wants answers. Kelly tells Jackie to go ahead and get married. But Jackie says they're just dating. Kelly says ever since the divorce, Jackie's either married or drunk. And now she's sober and wanted to get to know Kelly better. But Jackie says she has to be the right she has the right to be happy. And Kelly says she has the right to have her mom to herself. Jackie promises that they'll have that time no matter what. And it makes her feel a little bit better. Uh, this is pretty good as we finally see what Kelly's real issue was with all this. Um, and that's really that she's losing her mom again. Uh, maybe not as much David or this, some of the other stuff that this was really was gnawing at her. And Jackie kind of walks her down. So Kelly agrees to go back and be better. Uh, Tim, let's, let's talk this scene. Cause it's a pretty big one. It's kind of the, the balance point of the episode. Mm. I thought it was really good. I thought Kelly nailed it. Uh, I thought she was really good in the role in the scene. Uh, I thought David and Mel is kind of both being shell shocked. was good as well. And then we get the Mel <laughs> creepy line about Kelly's beautiful face. Uh, so how'd you think this all unfolded? Uh, well, Kelly plays, um, bitchy quite beautifully here at mm-hmm. this dinner. She's, mm-hmm. um, really in a league of her own. Uh, so that, that's fantastic to see, of course, some, some great lines some real zingers from her. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this confrontation that, that she has with Jackie, um, when it's just the two of them alone, you kind of see Kelly's inner child come spilling out where her complaint is, it seems rather juvenile, but it also seems very true to her character and true, to the history of these two characters where, you know, she sort of felt like she grew up without a mom between, you know, Jackie being either obsessed with men or obsessed with drugs and alcohol. It was always something that, that kept her, her focus from her daughter. And Kelly is just, just letting her know that, you know, I I thought we were finally making progress, Mm -hmm. you know, no, no men, no booze, no Coke. And, we were going to spend the summer together and it's like, we, we really even had, haven't had any time. And you're just basically jumping back in the sack with somebody. And from Jackie's point of view, it's no, I'm trying to include you now in, in my life. Right. And yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not just, it's not a mutually exclusive one or the other kind of situation here. Um, the whole point of this dinner is, is so that, you know, we can all um, have some quality time together because if this is going to be something serious, then, um, yes, you're very much going to be uh, a part of it as a family. And, um, you know, <laughs> Kelly is immediately thinking uh, marriage, you know, and, and um, I'm going to have to look at this guy as a stepfather. And Jackie saying, who's getting married? Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like that we got this little catharsis uh, between the two of them. Um, I 
I do wish we'd gotten a little bit more of David's perspective. I mean, maybe they thought this, and, and we will before all is said and done in this episode, but it's really been a very Kelly-centric journey, which I guess is fine. Maybe they thought it would be a bit much to try to have the two of them with their sort of differing views on this this whole situation and, and to give them equal time. Um, I don't know. It's Maybe David's just not on that level yet mm-hmm. as a character, but you know, we're not quite done with him yet in this episode. So they, they kind of redeem it in the end. I just, I don't know. I, I thought I, I would have liked to have some more of that maybe up front where um, we get David's point of view and, and kind of maybe draw a line under that. And the rest of it is, sort of, well, what's Kelly's problem, you know? Um, and then we, you know, we get that climax here, which um, it, it is, you know, I, I think that this is really the peak of the episode and deservingly so. Uh, Logan, how, uh, how did you feel about all this? Yeah, I think it's just the fact that like maybe Kelly being not okay with it was kind of the sexier way to go. And maybe David kind of being okay, like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll have a new sister and a new mom and everything like that is maybe not the most exciting way to go. Maybe that's what they were thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, you know, know, Kelly's totally warranted in how she feels, you know, her mom's. (laughs) Uh, either been uh, married or, uh, you know, drunk or coked up or whatever um, for most of her life. So she just wants some time with her mom. So you can totally get where she's coming from. But, uh, you know, I don't really feel I mean, she kind of goes at David and he kind of is the way that she kind of says maybe she goes a little over the top. But going after Mel is not really warranted because she doesn't really even know him that well, other than the few interactions that she has had with him. And she's never he's never given her any reason to kind of dump all over him. But um I don't really blame her for kind of going at David. She kind of put stuff out on the, on the table that, you know, I think she probably wanted to say to him before, but was just trying to be nice. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't blame, I don't blame Kelly for kind of wanting her mom to herself, but she's got to understand that her mom has her own life and, you know, she's more than uh, able to live it and she should be able to uh, do whatever she kind of wants. And, you know, if she wants to include her in her relationship, then that's she should, you know, she she can take part in it or she can you know, kind of stay back and uh, be be not as involved as that maybe they want her to be. But Jackie right. wants her to be. So um, maybe maybe it'll work out in the end. All right. Henry asks why Brandon is here on his day off at the beach club and there's no sign of Felix anywhere. Henry says he's got be- does he have better things to do on his day off than look for this kid. And Brandon says, yeah, I do. But then he goes right back to the Euclid Apartments in Reseda to see what's up. <laughs> Brandon asks Felix why he stood him up. Felix just kind of apologizes somberly. Uh, but then he finally looks up and Brandon notices he has a black eye. Felix says he wiped out on his rollerblades. But Brandon knows what's, what it's like to wipe out. And that's not what that, that means, that black eye. He tells Felix to tell the truth. And Felix reveals that his mom hit him. He says she didn't mean it. He didn't deserve it. He said he forgot to call and forgot. Uh, and... That's basically what happens when, uh, you know, that's what happened. He forgot to call her. She got mad. He said, I should have called. I should have called. Brandon uh, then asked, you know, has this happened before? What about your back? When I touched you the other day, you jumped. So Felix pulls his shirt up. He's got lashes across his back. And Felix says, it's not happened before. This is it. She didn't mean it yet again. And Brandon promises it will be okay uh, and hugs him. But he will not promise that he won't say anything, which is what Felix asks of him. We go to summer school the next day. Brandon catches up with Andrea, shares the problem we found out about Felix, and Andrea's kind of shaky. 
thinks maybe it could just be a bully. Maybe he's just embarrassed. But Brandon says, no, it's the truth. He's, he's not lying to me. He wouldn't say that. Andrea says the reporter, he could go to foster care. But Brandon says they can't let him stay there and continue to get abused. Andrea says we should talk to a social worker. And Brandon says they'll talk to his parents. We go to the Walsh house. Kelly catches up with Brenda and Cindy about the date. Says it's backfired. Now Mel and Jackie are closer than ever. Uh, Cindy basically says if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Brenda answers the phone and it's Dylan calling. He's sitting in a hot springs during a storm in Hawaii. And he called to share the beauty of the storm with Brenda. Dylan starts to say, I still, but the phone cuts out. Brenda wants to know what he still stills. And Jim says, thank God, when it got cut off, which was funny. Uh, Brandon comes home. He's sad. And Jim said, this may be the line of the series so far. Jim says, you look beat. And Brandon says, no, Dad, I'm not. But I know somebody who is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Awful line. So on the nose. <laughs> Awful line. Uh, he tells everyone that Felix is getting beaten up at <sighs> home. He shares the info. And Jim says they have to be sure about this. And Brandon says he doesn't believe it was the first time. And Cindy says, even if it was, once is enough. Brandon's torn on reporting it. He says he's worried that he'll end up in foster care and get abandoned. Brandon asks if he can stay with them. And Jim and Cindy are like, uh. And Brandon says, hey, you let Dylan stay here. And Cindy's like, look, Felix is a child. And like, no, you know, that's not going to work. He needs a safe placement and a permanent place. Brenda asks Brandon if he confirmed with the mom, and he says no, and Cindy says we'll do what's best for Felix. Uh, so, Logan, what do you think of these couple scenes here? Uh, Felix with the big revelation and the Brandon's fallout. Yeah, yeah, heavy stuff, and that line is just brutal. I can't believe they they left that one in there. Uh, that's uh, might, might have been oh, one I would have cut man. out. Um, but, yeah, kind of heavy stuff. Um, you know, abuse isn't a thing that should be taken lightly. Um, but, uh, y- you know... I feel like Brandon, I love him to death. I really do. But I feel like he gets over involved in these situations. And I'm not saying he shouldn't have said something to somebody, but like, it, I don't know. It, 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 I mean, like, you know, after this episode, he's probably never going to see this kid again. And then, you know, he may see him off screen, quote unquote, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, it's just, I, I think I kind of would have left it alone. I mean, maybe tell your parents and if they want to, you know, report it to somebody or tell Andrea, if Andrea wants right. to say something to the authorities or, you know, whatever foster care, or big brother system or a social worker or whatever they want to say, uh, go to them. But, you know, he, he kind of gets a little over involved in some of these situations that he does. Um, I mean, he's commendable. He's a good guy. Uh, I, I won't ever say uh, a bad thing about him in that situation, but uh, I, I just feel like sometimes he gets a little over involved in these situations. And it's mm-hmm. just, but and then the whole Dylan, uh, basically about to say I love you to, I still love you to Brenda and it cutting out was kind of a perfect, uh, perfect situation for that to happen to kind of keep it hanging, uh, there. And I love that uh, Jim kind of was like, thank God the phone connect or disconnected. So, um, good, good Jim line uh, there for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Um, all I could think throughout all this stuff with Felix is thanks a lot, Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What kind of, what the hell kind of training you got going on in that there big brothers and big sisters program where now all of a sudden this is turned into Brandon's fucking problem. Um, but no, I, and as far as that line, um, holy crap. Uh, this show (laughs) is not much for gallows humor. I find Mm -hmm. I mean, the way that he said, I'm not even sure it was meant to come across as as funny, even like black comedy funny. 
Um, but at the same time, why even inc- – it's just – they had to know that that was so cringy, right? Just mm. – and, and to leave bad. it in like that. I, yeah, it's real bad. Yeah, I it's, I don't, it. it's inexplicable. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that line. <laughs> um, it's – yeah, it's 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 up there. Uh, but, uh, man, I just have to say, uh, like, I think it's been a while since – I mean – there aren't many shows nowadays and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just not watching these types of shows as much anymore, but I feel like it's been a while since I saw like a modern show do like a physical abuse storyline with a kid. Right. And that used to be real common in mm-hmm. the early nineties as a, uh, just story, a plot device, you know, um, especially as like a very special episode kind of thing. And, um, I don't know, maybe, like I said, it's just been a while since I've really seen that and in, in the way that it used to be presented. But I mean, th- this kid has gotten the shit kicked out. I mean, he mm-hmm. looked like he'd been she definitely beat him with a I mean, belt really, or something. I mean, right. Cause his back. Was yeah. Like I mean, completely it, lashed. Yeah, right. I mean, huge welts on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you say a black eye. I mean, he did, like got straight up punched in mm-hmm. the face, clearly, mm-hmm. to have the uh, visible um, injuries on his body like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it was really pretty uncomfortable. I mean, some of that may have just been like, you know, the makeup department kind of laying it on a little thick, um, no pun intended. Um but uh, I don't know if they meant for it to come across as just severe as it really did. And then part of me got to thinking about, like, maybe, I don't know, like, this was still of that era when, you know, JT, you and I are, are maybe the last generation that uh, grew up in a household where, like, spanking was a thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that was necessarily your upbringing, but it's like. That no, was it was definitely fun. on the table. I mean, even if it wasn't a regular yeah, thing, it was, it was something that was acceptable. And I've actually had this conversation mm-hmm. lately um, with with folks like and someone uh, where, you know, questioning perhaps mm-hmm. parenting styles or whatever. And sure. Um, you know, and I commented back like, hey, it was easier then in the 80s. Like, yeah, think of all the the different aspects of lifestyle that exists today that didn't then not only could was it okay for you to hit a child it was okay for other people to hit your child right if they were yes i mean yeah i went to catholic school and i don't mean to laugh but it's no it's true and i went to catholic school where nuns were still there and could hit you like Mm -hmm. whap you with a ruler or whatever and you were the one that was wrong you would have to apologize if it happened right for getting hit Oh yeah. Also, there was no constant cameras and monitoring and fo- like everywhere, so mm-hmm. you could do that shit and like under the radar, like it was never known unless it's a situation like this where the the bruising is so bad that you know you're caught up to. But now it's like everything is surveillance and monitored, right? So it, it's such a mm-hmm. tougher environment um, to be a parent these days, and you could see it here where like if Brandon didn't really push on it. This kid could have taken a beating every day and no one would have known. And most right. people. And that, yeah, that's, you know, 
and that's exactly where I'm going with this. Like, not to make a, a value judgment on whether that was right or wrong um, at the time. It point being, it was it was extremely common that spanking was a form of discipline in 1991 that no one would have really questioned. And so I always wonder if if this is like because of that, the the producers, the writers, whatever, are saying like, okay, that we're we have to make it clear that there is a difference between. Um, he is being disciplined in a household where, you know, spanking goes on and he's being straight up abused, right? Like we, you know, you and I getting spanked, whatever, like would never go to school the next day looking like this. It mm-hmm. just, there's no way. And maybe they're just trying to make that distinction. And that's why it's so yeah. jarring to me now yeah. where spanking is even way less of a thing. Um, well, and Jim and Cindy are presented as progressive too. So they are yeah, them they, being they like, about, so aghast at it mm-hmm. doesn't, that's not the norm at that time. Right. It's just that we know that they're kind of more progressive as parents that would mm-hmm. be offended. Yeah, Brandon even specifically says his parents never laid a hand on him. Um, so he, you know, they, they are not a spanking family. So for him to be exposed to this is like, holy shit. Um, which was my reaction also when we get the, the big reveal, so um, all that is to say, this is pretty uncomfortable, and I, I still was wondering if we should take it at face value, and not so much the, yeah, he's clearly being beaten by someone, but is it really the mom? Maybe it's someone else right. in the household, maybe it's another relative, who knows, and he's just saying that, um, but, you know, as we will see, it, it I don't think we really have time to do a swerve at this point in the episode, but... um. I did, I was left with a little bit of doubt as to whether, you know, is mom really doing this because, um, wow, that's, that's just a lot. Uh, so yeah, this, this one took kind of a turn that I, um, I mean, even, even knowing sort of at the midpoint, what, what kind of story this was going to be, I wasn't really ready for it to be as maybe as explicit as it was. All right, we go back to the beach club. Kelly goes up to David, and David says, don't worry, my camera's off. Kelly offers a soda, <laughs> but Kelly, uh, David says no, so Kelly apologizes. David says, just because you're Kelly Taylor doesn't mean I'm thrilled about this either. David says, Jackie's been divorced forever. His parents' divorce isn't even dry yet, and he wishes Mel liked his mom more than he liked Jackie. So he's still really hurting from his parents splitting up and it kind of clicks with Kelly that, you know, she's not the only one in this dealing with this. And it's, it's, you know, David may put up a front, but he's obviously still hurting too. So Kelly talks him through it. They both kind of accept what's coming uh, with their parents. They call it truce and David uh, does the, uh, could be the start of a beautiful relationship. So uh, good, good bonding, I guess, between a potential future brother and sister here. And if anything too, I was thinking Kelly should kind of embrace it because, you know, if they're, their brother and sister, I know not officially like they still could date, but maybe it takes some of the pressure off of David creeping on her um, if it's a little <laughs> bit more formal family setting. So uh, maybe maybe she should embrace it more. Uh, Brandon heads over to the Euclid Apartments. He asks if Felix is home, but Suzanne says he's at the youth center and Brandon wants to talk to her, though. They head inside. She rips another butt. Brandon says he knows she beats Felix and he's seen the bruises. She kind of tries to stammer through it. She denies it, starts to throw him out. But he gets right in her face and says, uh, you know, Felix is out there thinking he deserved this. And that's what kind of breaks her. She admits that she had too much to drink. She hit him and he didn't deserve it. Things got tough and she took it out on him. Brandon says that she needs to get help. She says she can't afford it. 
and uh, you know the one at the free one at the social center isn't uh, isn't her type of uh, you know isn't her style. <laughs> and he says, "Well, for Felix, you can do it, and you better find a way because I already told my parents, and they said to call a social worker, report it, and maybe they're right, and that's what I'm going to do." Before he leaves, though, Suzanne stops him and says, "Maybe she can call for help," and she says she's sorry and she's ashamed about what happened. We head to the Gregory house now, another house. Uh, this is looks like some kind of foster care. Brandon visits. Felix is mad that Brandon told his mom what, what he told him. He says he misses his mom and he wants to go home because now he's apparently staying here. But Brandon says his mom's getting help. So when you go do go home, you can go home safely when she's ready. Felix says he thought Brandon dumped him because he hasn't shown up in a week. But Brandon said he thought Felix needed some space to cool off. And Felix does cool down here and... Uh, Brandon says he wouldn't bail on a brother and Felix thanks him. They go in for lunch and make plans to see a Kings game next week. And that's that. So pretty good wrap up. Another win for King Brandon. <laughs> Put everything together here. St. Felix. Um, I think this speaks though, Tim, to what you were talking about earlier about like acceptance, because I mean, this woman is, it's no knowledge now, right? She went and self-reported and is getting help. She's not going to jail. Mm-hmm. She's not getting the kid taken away. She's just, you know, getting probably like anger management lessons or something. But again, it shows that maybe the the penalty wasn't as harsh then uh, as what it would be today. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And this that scene, the, the confrontation between Brandon and the mother really has to walk a fine line because I, I kind of think we have this tendency to view abusers as like irredeemable, even even when they do get help and, you know, it never happens again. Like, I don't know if it, it, they're sort of always tainted in, in our minds yeah. just as a society. <laughs> and here we're seeing the show um, kind of treat this woman with uh, some sympathy, which is maybe a hard sell. That's asking mm-hmm. a lot of, of the viewers, again, especially in 1991. Um, and it, you sort of question, is that even really – the best approach again i go back to i mean she beat the shit out of this kid um and you know it, that's really uncomfortable to mm-hmm. to have to look at and you know put yourself in his shoes um so it's like was this uh, you know the right way to play it that i think it's wise that they use brandon in this role as the person to confront her because he's got to be asking himself the same questions and it's kind of okay if he gets it wrong because he's 16 years old, 17 years old, whatever. Um, Benny Bardonis could have written a song about him. <laughs> I mean, he's allowed to <laughs> to show poor judgment, to make mistakes sometimes, to do the best he can based on his own, you know, experience in the world such as it is. Um, See, so yeah, I, I thought this was good for, for what it was. Um, but again, it's it's really walking a tightrope. And uh, I, I guess I am surprised that they played it this way, where she's the mom is first uh, stonewalling. She's being very defensive. Then she kind of caves and admits what she did mm-hmm. and actually agrees that maybe uh, talking to a social worker would be for the best. Again, that is not the way these things are normally portrayed. Um at least in fiction, it's, it's, you know, they do everything possible to keep a social worker from getting involved. Oh, it's going to break up the family. You know, mm-hmm. I'll never see my kids. That's the way that these stories normally go in <laughs> television. And, uh, that's, that's not what they're, they're going for here. And, um, I don't know if that makes it 
more or less realistic. I mean, I don't know how this would play out in real life. That's that's totally, you know, not in, in my wheelhouse at all. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I'm with you in that it, it got a decent um, rap. But it was something that could have been much, much bigger as a storyline. But as a one and done, I guess this is the best we could hope for in terms of um, wrapping it up and, and putting us in a good place, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, Felix, you know, we'll never see again, but hopefully it's still, it's still there behind the scenes. Like Logan said, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as a part of Brandon's life. Uh, and then finally we did similarly, another wrap up with, with David and Kelly, uh, had, you know, just going back to what I was saying earlier, I wish we'd seen more of, uh, David's point of view here. We, we actually get that where, you know. He basically admits that he was putting up a front for a lot of this thing. He was no more thrilled with this romance than than Mm -hmm. Kelly was Mm -hmm. because, you know, his dad, his parents aren't even technically divorced yet. Um, We don't quite know what what the story between uh, his mom and dad. I mean, we won't get that. Right. background for many seasons as a matter well, of fact. Well, but this is what first makes you think maybe Mel's a player because mm-hmm. like, the ink hasn't dried yet. He's acting like he's like a hard hard on his luck with women. But right. I mean, like and maybe he is, right? Because he's getting divorced, but like he's right back on the prowl and and they're not and, even realizing the divorce yet. So And they say that David David says his mother is a therapist, so she seems like, you know, she's a professional. She really right. has her shit together um what's the real story here mm-hmm. and um i mean here again we're not going to get it for a long long time right. and it's you know way after uh you know the water under this bridge mm-hmm. has dried up um so but i i did like that he was he kind of admitted to kelly you know it's not a picnic for me either um but i'm i'm trying to make the most of it you know just for the sake of my dad and and yeah, maybe this will pour some ice on the, um, you know, him having feelings towards towards Kelly if this continues to progress. But um, I guess that's another good good thing that it's 1991 because if the story was done today, if anything, they would double down on the whole will they, won't they, if they became step siblings because we are a gross, disgusting, foul society <laughs> now. <laughs> we were a lot more wholesome back. <laughs> all right logan uh is that what your uh porn hub history would uh, suggest? <laughs> um maybe not um but uh, <laughs> no i do like that they kind of tied it together and kind of showed david's side of things that he was kind of upset that his parents divorce hasn't even been finalized yet and uh that he you know his dad's already back there on the prowl like y'all said um but i, I think it is smart of kelly to kind of make a truce because you know maybe this will keep uh david off off of her back and you know i think her her kind of letting loose at that dinner kind of talking about how much she thinks she thinks he's a creep maybe kind of opened his eyes to some stuff that maybe uh he he could be better about you know you know being Mm. less creepy or being you know less of a dweeb around her or in in her direction or staring or anything like that um so maybe it kind of opened each other uh, they opened each other's eyes up a little bit more um and i think you know this this uh relationship progressing probably will keep that uh 
those feelings from happening because, uh, you know, maybe eventually they'll be in the same house and it'll just be weird if uh, anything progresses from there. But um, the whole uh, conversation with um, Felix's mom, uh, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable, but, you know, I, Brandon is wise and just confident beyond his years. I could never do anything close to what he does mm-hmm. is kind of calling her out on her shit. Um, I, I, I think it's kind of shitty that she says that like that kind of counseling is not for her at first. Um, right. and, and Tim's right. They kind of play her sympathetic and like, I think I could be sympathetic for it. If maybe, you know, she is having a rough day. She is drinking. She maybe socked him one in the eye, but like the whelps on the back, I have a hard time feeling, feeling bad for somebody mm-hmm. that like kind of did that. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you had a rough day and you maybe punched him in the face or something like that. That's still kind of, this is, yeah, this has happened multiple you know. times. It's yeah, clearly but like, a pattern. Yeah. It's clearly something that's happened more than once. So, I mean, I could probably forgive her eventually, but it, it would take a good bit of stuff. But uh, I'm glad that she does kind of admit she needs help mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll go get it done. And I like that it kind of ends on a happy notice. Uh, you know, right. Felix is obviously at this uh, place uh, that it, it was foster care place that uh, he has friends and they're playing on the playground. They're swinging together. So he has people uh, that he can kind of somewhat connect with and uh, have those friends there to talk to every day. And, you know, it's good that Brandon went and visited him and said, you know, I kind of want to go hang out with you again and take you to a game and uh, we'll, we'll keep hanging out. I'll keep in touch. And I, I really liked that it. it ended on that good note for sure. Yeah, his mom kind of goes through like the seven stages of grief in like three minutes. So that's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would say I love how quickly yeah. she turns. She's like, oh, I'm so offended. And then, oh, God, yes, right. I did it. I well, did. it was like someone that had already probably been on the verge of accepting it mm-hmm. and just yeah. like, you know, got defensive and then realized like, all right, like the jig is up. It's time. It's time <laughs> finally to go over this line that she's probably was trying to mad at herself for being at anyway. You know, I don't think she was enjoying what she was doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I, I could probably, you know, feel sympathy for her eventually, but it would take a bit. All right. That'll do it. Let's get to our awards. Uh, best scene to me was was pretty easy on this one, and it was the double date at the restaurant. <laughs> Kelly's tour de force. Yep. That's what I would go with, too. Yeah. This is like Arrested Development Kelly coming out here. We think <laughs> yes. of her as so worldly and mature. She's She's the one parenting her mother, and now she's being the spoiled brat. I like that shoe on the other foot uh, throughout that scene. So, yeah, uh, we're three for three on best scene. Uh, all right. Most important scene. I ended up going with Mel meeting Jackie. I mean, I think for the future, this is pretty much the biggest thing that comes out of this episode. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, this is quite the debut for Mel Silver. I mean, mm-hmm. right out of the gate, he's we don't even get to know who the hell this guy is before he's putting the moves on Jackie. Um so he, he makes a pretty strong first impression, and it, it's a pretty important one for the future of this show, I would agree. Yeah, where, where, for where it goes, yeah, that's definitely the most important thing that happens in this episode, for sure. All right, most 90s look, I went David's dinner outfit. He's got like a blue suit with a kind of a Hawaiian-style multicolored shirt on. That was all the rage in the early 90s. <laughs> um, Yeah, I've, I've definitely got that one down. I, I think I'm just going to... I'm going to give it to Felix and pretty much any of his appearances. Uh, he's just got that um, early nineties, little kid, like bugle boy thing going. I don't know what it, what the brand really is, but it just, I, I definitely remember that being, you know, a look for little kids back mm-hmm. then. And they're, of course they're, they're laying it on um, extra strong because this is LA, but um, 
yeah, that that was a pretty familiar look to me. Just the, yeah. you know, yeah, the I, beach wear, the shorts with the the long kind of hoodie, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the black eye. Yeah, David's uh, David's dinnerware was pretty uh, pretty ninety. So, but it, pretty much anything David wears is ridiculous. Always. So, yeah, yeah I would say uh, if him and probably Kelly, mostly David, I think is like usually the most nineties looking guy. Steve on the beach is up there with him, but uh, David in general mm-hmm. is usually the most nineties looking. Uh, all right, most '90s moment. I actually had a, a few here. Uh, I called out. One was Brandon calling Andre on the payphone, of course, using the payphone. Uh, Dylan with the giant cordless phone that like everyone owned uh, out in the, the grotto that he was lying in. And then the uh, the concept of Big Brothers. Uh, I know it's still kind of a thing, but I feel like in the '90s, like Big Brother Big Sister was like a really uh, program um, that you heard about all the time. So that felt very '90s to me. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about it, but yeah, that last one, the Big Brothers. I mean, I'm not even sure they call it that in this episode, but that's clearly what it's supposed to be—just one of those civic organizations with, you know, that encourages volunteerism and mentorship. And that, I mean, you just don't really see it anymore today for whatever reason. Um, beyond that, I, I would agree with just the phone shenanigans between the payphone and Dylan on his giant brick phone getting disconnected uh, from Brenda before he can relay this important information that he either still loves her or is still broke. I'm not sure which he was going <laughs> to go with. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the whole roll, rollerblading down the boardwalk. Uh, yeah, that's all the outfits. Mm, and, uh, rollerblades. Just the idea yeah. of rollerblading. Uh, I feel like that's very 90s. All right, best lesson learned. Uh, I went with there's usually a reason that young kids are assholes. Um, there's something there, whether it's outside, <laughs> whether it's something internal. Mm. Like, if they're being that big of, you know, dicks, usually something's going on. Um, yeah, uh, also, um, sometimes like, listen to your gut. Like if, if, um, I mean, in this case, you know, a kid is, is beaten up, bruised, trying to pass it off as I fell roller skating. I think a lot of people would just sort of, you know, allow for that without interrogating it any further. I'm not saying, insinuate yourselves into other people's lives but um this is a pretty serious situation that definitely needed to be looked at by somebody i mean if not brandon who right Mm -hmm. it had to it had to get addressed at some point and uh it's just one of those you know i mean i guess they make it pretty obvious from the way that he has been beaten but you know if, if something feels wrong then maybe maybe trust that instinct so yeah. pretty similar to yours, JT. Yeah, and, and I, it kind of goes along with the one that first time I was on here. Just, you know, if you, if you know something's going on and there's something you can do about it, mm-hmm. maybe you don't have to necessarily handle it yourself, but talk to somebody that can, you know, investigate or do something, maybe do right. something about it. But just mm-hmm. always, if if you're entrusted with something and it's it's bad thing that's going on, you know, talk to somebody. You don't have to go confront the mother yourself because a lot of people don't have enough confidence to do that like Brandon does. And some people might be scared to do something like that. So, you know, but like always, you know go out of your way to kind of say hey something's going on here you might want to go check this out 
Talk to Andrea Zuckerman about it. <laughs> yes, on the page. Just talk really to things Andrea problem. wants you to do. That's what you do. Yes. <laughs> Never listen to Andrea. <laughs> all right. Best quotes. I had a few. Uh, all the pretty girls know David. I wish I had luck with women. women. Such a ladies' man ever since sixth grade when he was dating a seventh grade cheerleader. That was Mel. Uh, sex is so out of the loop these days. That was Steve. <laughs> and then, of course, the you look beat. No, Dad. I'm not. But I know someone who is. <laughs> Alzheimer. Jesus. Um, I, I like the part at the beginning when uh, she's uh, starting to kind of convince uh, Brandon to do this. And he, she's like, he's like, you're trying to pry on my uh, love for civic duty or something like that. So but I, I like that line. But the ones you said were great. Uh, that's just what I want to put down. Uh, yeah, I definitely had all of those, especially the sexist out of the loop. What a <laughs> just a great phrasing. Um, Kelly also had just a, a quick line where she's uh, sort of bringing uh, uh, Brenda up to speed. She's, I think she's on the phone with Brenda, and, and she's, she says, uh, it's like something out of a, a David Lynch movie. She's talking about <laughs> Mel and Jackie dating. And the only reason it really popped me is we had just gotten the establishing shot of her house, which we had so many questions about the first time we saw it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, your house is like something out of a David Lynch movie. <laughs> um and then at the end, I didn't write it down. I, I should have, but uh, Kelly makes a reference to um, Gumby, and like mm-hmm. Brenda totally doesn't get it. And she, yeah. She goes, what you know, he's flat. You know, uh, keep it. You know, flat. <laughs> it's, it almost felt like an ad lib because right. they they look they both looked like they were trying not to laugh. And uh, I I can't even remember the point that she was trying to make, but it was just a really out of nowhere mm-hmm. funny reference mm-hmm. that she made. Yeah, and pretty much anything Henry said was great. Yeah, Henry's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, Henry's them, awesome. So. <laughs> was this Friends Day? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, final grade. Oh, this is a good episode. I have it a notch below uh, the last few, and um, probably the second lowest of the season so far, but it's still high. I have it seven out of ten. Um, so last week at eight, the week before that, seven and a half. So it's in the realm, um, but it definitely just a slight step back. I think it's a little less, you know, those stakes are a little bit lower long term besides Mel and Jackie meeting. So that that played a role there, but it's still a very enjoyable episode. Yeah, I like this one. I'm, I'm giving it a solid seven out of ten as well. Uh, just it just feels right. Um, a little something for everybody. Uh, some some decent developments um, and, and some decent uh characterization that we see for the parents which we don't get a whole lot of outside of you know the immediate walsh family so i don't know i kind of appreciated that it's a real rarity for these types of teen dramas that you have the parents um play as active of a a role as they do Mm -hmm. in the show i mean think of you know saved by the bell um which barely showed any parents um except to you know punish the kids for something uh Degrassi like barely apparent in sight it's just it's very different for this uh format of show to have the parents as involved as as they are yeah seven seven out of ten seems right um I feel like it blended the drama and the comedy pretty well uh, throughout the episode I feel like they you know it was a good balance uh through it throughout the whole thing um but yeah, I could see where it's not one of the you know really really great episodes, but it was very solid. A lot of stuff happened. Uh, it, the A and B storylines were both uh, really uh, they really grabbed your eyes. So I thought it was a solid episode, uh, for, no doubt. 
All right, let's get over to our trackers here, and uh, then we'll get to our final rankings. So new characters, we had Mel Silver, we had Suzanne and Felix. Uh, relationships, I had Mel and Jackie. And then place, I guess we could, I'll add uh, Kelly and David in there too. That's kind of mm. growing. And uh, places, we had the Euclid Apartments, we had the fancy restaurant, which I don't think they named. And then mm -hmm. uh, the Gregory House at the end. So, um, how about um, I don't know if it's a place, just Hawaii, where we see Dylan, the Hawaiian uh, Grotto, the yes, Grotto, yeah, Hawaiian Grotto, <laughs> yeah, Hawaiian Grotto. There we go. I, I mean, I guess that's he's at his. Well, I guess he's not at his mom's place. They're probably. It could have been yeah. because he had the cordless phone. He did. He did. So. He looked like he was at the base oh, no. of a volcano in like a hot, hot, hot spring or something that was right there. Yeah. I don't think he's got the cordless phone if it's not like, and his mom's supposed to have money, right? So I think it's. Uh, yeah, she's supposed to have money. It's yeah. so Iris McKay's Hawaiian grotto. Perhaps. Yeah, I think yeah. it's her place. I think it's hers. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, and then the only song that they had listed here was Summertime by the Trogs, which is when Kelly and uh, Brenda and Andrea drive up. So there's that. Uh, all right, let's get to our rankings. I have Scott and Nat plugged in with zeros mm -hmm. um, at the bottom here. I would say the bottom two above them, just based on like screen time, would probably be Donna and Jim, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot Jim's barely in this. Mm -hmm. I think Donna's at the bottom. She really was only in that one scene. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me gives Donna a little bit of credit just because she, I mean, she only had the one scene, but in it, she does vouch for David a little bit. Yeah, but Jim which, had the great uh, thank God line, which to me is better than I think <laughs> yeah, God. That's true. Yeah, keep, keep Jim above Donna. Okay. It wasn't totally useless, but barely. Uh, well, how about Dylan? Would you put Dylan below Jim? Uh, well, that that sort of depends. So, are we counting <laughs> Dylan's actual appearance or his his two, uh, spectral appearances as well? Oh yeah, I guess that. Yeah, we should count that. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's pretty like, important he... to part another character at least. So, um, yeah, he's important to bring. Yeah, they're making out. All right, but he's gonna be soon here, right? Because, uh, mm -hmm. I guess Henry. Well, we liked Henry a lot though in this one. It's tough. I think everyone was pretty good in this one. It's hard. Um, I'd Sweet. say the next. Uh, yeah, Steve, you want to go Steve next, even though he's pretty good with the trolling in the in the news. I, honestly, yeah. I think I'd have Steve above Dylan, even with the. Oh, yeah, you... definitely above Dil Dylan. I would have above just Jim. above Jim. And then, yeah, everybody else is going to come in ahead of him. So would you what, about, what about Andrea? Right. So I would say Steve, Andrea and Henry are the next three in some order. Henry's definitely on top. Yeah, I'm good with that. Would you have day. Steve or Andre higher? I'd have Steve higher because he had some good one-liners and was kind of a troll throughout the episode. Andre is not really in it past the beginning, so right, right. she's yeah. just in the first few minutes to she, set she the kind of plot sets in motion. Like a douchebag, so. Well, and they, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean she, she, she they go back to her at the end, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, she sets up the plot and exit stage right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so we get our top six, which is Cindy. I, I I'd put her next. I think honestly, you yep. go with that. Okay, yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you put Henry above Cindy? I would. But I um, why not? Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right, so we got 
Brandon, Brenda, David, Kelly, Jackie. How much does Brenda really do in this? Yeah, she doesn't do a lot either. You want to put her at the bottom of that group? Would you yeah. put her below Henry? <laughs> Maybe. Put her below Henry. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm right with that. Okay. All right. I think the next four, though, are above Henry. We got Brandon, mm-hmm. David, Kelly, Jackie. I, I think Brandon's going to be. Uh, Brandon and Kelly, to me, are going to be one, two. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, strong, strong showings from both of them. And then Jackie three, um, David four is what I would go. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, do we rank Mel? Yeah, I was gonna ask that. Do you want to start putting them in? I mean, I mean, that means we're going up to fifteen people now, which is fine. <laughs> Just gonna adjust say, accordingly. I was like, he does hang around, so I, I, I might. But... Okay. So where does he slot into all this then? Um. Mm. I would put just below Jackie. Yeah, I would put him between David and Jackie, just because Jackie's more important because she has the stuff with Kelly. But Mel is also real important to the episode. All right, all right, a lot of points for Mel out of the gate there. That's a big showing. Um, <laughs> I know. I like it. All right, uh, Tim, what's going on in our universe here? Uh, well, look, we are the nine zero two one Noso universe i guess you can call us that so um if you are listening to this podcast and are not subscribed to this podcast uh please do so because we are uh i I guess you could call us a tri-weekly podcast so new episodes dropping usually every three weeks occasionally every two weeks uh that's how we do it here on 9021 no so try to keep it consistent uh as we go through the second season of the show and beyond uh, knock on wood, at least. Uh, we are a spinoff of the North-South Connection podcast network, which is really a bevy of pop culture content over there. If you're a pro wrestling fan, if you're a sports fan, comics fan, um, just a variety of different shows that you can find clustered together. Uh, daily content drops over on the North-South Connection, our original home um, that we have spun off from. So, whether you have found us from a community like uh, a Facebook group or Reddit or some other online forum, should those still exist, um, we welcome you, of course. Um, and we just we like the burgeoning sense of community that this show seems to be building uh, from our guests, our listeners. It's just great um, getting feedback from everybody. You know, you seem to like what we're doing. We love covering the show. Um, certainly want to keep doing it. And if you want to drop us a line, send us uh, maybe some questions, some feedback. We do have a dedicated uh, Gmail account for that. It is 9021noso at gmail.com. And if we haven't responded to you from that account, um, it's not because we aren't going to. It's just because I, I think we'd maybe like to do a mailback episode at some point in the future. I think that'd be fun on maybe one of our off weeks, something like that. Uh, so keep listening. Uh, subscribe today if you are not subscribed. And you can find me on Twitter. I am at Psych68, C-Y-K-E-6-8 on the Twitter machine. Logan, as our guest, is there anything that uh, you would like to direct the listeners towards and how can they find you if they'd like to get in touch? All right. Um, I was on the ruthlessly aggressive podcast. Uh, I think it 
uh, came out earlier this week. Me and Jake talked about the two shows after No Way Out 2003. Uh, Raw was kind of its middling mess that it uh, has been for the last little bit of the run of that pod, and SmackDown was the in-ring masterpiece that it seems to be uh, throughout that entire run so far. But um, we had a lot of fun talking about that. Um, Seven Months of Danger is also here on the North-South Connection. Um, uh, we were going through the Dangerous Alliance storyline and uh, – just the formation uh, is kind of what we're going around right now. Uh, we're in November, kind of leading into December. They're they're about to form in our next episode. We've kind of been seeing the like the little ticks and little things that are little details that maybe have led to the uh, formation so far. So um, that's a real interesting one to be going through. And then uh, Highway to the Impact Zones on the pro re- or place place to be Nation Wrestling feed. Sorry, um, uh, that's one where we're going through. Uh, TNA, we're in 2005, about to be 2006, uh, but that's a whole bevy of a bunch of us, the Impact Six Pack. Um, we have a ton of fun with that one. We just did Genesis 2005, so, um, and I can be found at Highway PTBN on Twitter. All right, guys. Awesome. Yeah, great stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back in three weeks uh, with our next episode, like you said, Tim, as we continue to move through here, and I am just about done... So I double check this math with this one for Brenda. It's 288 plus uh, 9, Tim. 297. Uh, yep. Okay, very good. All right, that checks out. I was told to do the math. Let me do this. Still in here. Okay. I basically made it 298 minus 1. <laughs> all right character rankings for season two here we go scott scanlon in the last place with two points nat basuccio with 11 mel silver checks in with 12 points into third place and off one uh, performance here jackie taylor at 18 andrea zuckerman at 23 donna martin at 26 kelly taylor at 35 david silver at 37 henry thomas and steve sanders tied at 39 Cindy Walsh just above them at 40. Then we jump up to Brenda Walsh and Jim Walsh tied with 54. Dylan drops down a bit. He was in first, but his uh, light showing today gets him down to second at 58. And Brandon really jumps up here into first place with 63 now. So that's just for season two. Here's our all-time rankings. Mel Silver in last place with 12 points. Jackie Taylor with 31. Henry Thomas with 39. Nabasuccio is 61. Scott Scanlon is 66. That's our bottom tier. We jump up to Donna Martin, who's kind of on her own little universe at 107. Then we go up to David Silver at 164 and Andre Zuckerman at 166. We jump up again to Kelly Taylor at 204, Cindy Walsh at 207, Jim Walsh 212, Dylan McKay at 218, Steve Sanders at 220. And then uh, our top two, Brenda Walsh at 297. And Brandon starting to really pull away here at the, at the first place with 304 all time. So... Uh, there's a power rankings. Yeah. I think it shakes that out all time TV. really tells the story. It's it's starting to it's starting to settle into I think what you'd probably expect with a couple of minor exceptions. Yeah, I would agree. I think we'll start to see a couple of risers like you know Dave and Donna are going to start to pick up a little bit I think as we go forward. So mm-hmm. oh. see how it plays out. Logan, thanks for joining us. It was a good time as always having you here, my friend. We'll get you back soon. Tim, like I said, we'll be back in three weeks with a first-time guest. So that'll be exciting. Uh, And we'll continue to inch closer to the end of the summer and into the uh, next school year. So we'll get there. Yeah, and I'll just point out, sorry, um, real quick before we get out of here. 
the next episode we're going to be covering, um, you'll probably notice is missing on pretty much most streaming platforms, I guess, other than like a uh, Pluto um, or is it Pluto or Tubi? This is it's Pluto, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that this is streaming on. But uh, if you're watching on like Hulu or Paramount Plus, um, you will not find uh, episode six of season two. That doesn't mean we're not going to cover it. We will. We'll make sure everyone has access. Um, so we're, we're not going to be skipping any episodes just because of limitations and gaps within uh, the streaming platforms. Okay. Well, we'll touch on that in our next one. Thanks for the heads up. Yep. So everyone can prepare. We'll be back in three weeks. Everyone take care. A little dim sum, a little dim sum. We're out. summertime